CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. And welcome back, you golfing legends, to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week is Mr. Scott Fox. He's the e-commerce customer service manager over at Budget Golf. Welcome, Scott. What's up? How we doing? Doing great. Hey, uh, you got my name right. Oh, is there is there a bad way to say it? People, uh, people always get it wrong the first try. So you did you did awesome. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> trying to be. Look, I've had some interesting names on the on the pod, and and this is one that I thought I had some pretty solid control over. I think it was harder getting your title yeah. right than your name. <laughs> you did, so you did great, Dan. You did great. So how um, how are things over a budget right now? You guys got to be pretty crazy with release season being the way they are. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. It's uh, we we went to the kind of COVID boom era of of golf has kind of subsided in retail. So we hit that first slowdown, but we didn't even have time to catch our breaths. Really, our our breaths. Um, we didn't really have time to catch our breath um, because those release cycles were just about to start up. So we saw things taper in the fall that we hadn't seen in a few years. And then right back into this, you know, release cycle. And uh, I don't know how long you've been kind of in the golf um, business, but what used to be really strictly like early March and February releases for products has moved almost to the point where people are starting to drop stuff in early January is when it's starting. So what once was a, hey, everybody launches on March 1st has now become, okay, where people are going to start on January 5th and we're going to be staggering this across the whole kind of winter and spring i think well i've been in and around the industry directly not just golfing but uh in or a golfer but around the industry for over a decade now so i remember back when the pga show is like let's see the new product now it's like let's celebrate the new product you know (laughs) exactly exactly i it's funny because you say that because somebody was asking me about pga show and um, you know, if you go back in time, that was a place where you went and put your orders in for your, for your spring products. And now mm-hmm. it's like, go talk business with executives, your product, you, your product's been ordered months before that now. Yeah. Well, and then the, also the issue, the issue that I think people faced over the last couple of years has a lot to do with just the basic availability of product. So everyone's trying to get that order in early so they can at least make sure they're on one of the first two shipments, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. Uh, Big challenge I, there. I wasn't going to go that direction, uh, but I am curious because we've we've had chats uh, probably even with budget, but with others about the availability of product, the uh, accessibility of having full on inventory in place to purchase. Uh, we went through a pretty interesting time where golfers wanted but couldn't get which was uncommon probably for the last uh, five or yeah. six or 15 years prior to that. Um, wh- how has that progressed in the last year or so? Yep. Is it, has it gotten yep. better? Mm-hmm. So it has, and, and uh, this year is going to be the most telling. Um, this spring really release is going to be the most telling for how well prepared the vendors are to get back to what was normal as far as product releases and inventory availability right now 
we're hearing a lot of, hey, let's go. We've got it. We've got the product. We're ready to go. We can get it shipped out. Um, if you have orders going direct to consumer, we can get those out right away for you, which you know, we haven't heard those words in almost three years now. So from what I'm hearing, everybody's really getting back on track. Um, you're, we've seen uh, custom product lead times shorten um, back down to those more typical numbers, right? That maybe one to two weeks to ship out a custom order for clubs or, or golf balls. Um, and then like stock kind of products to ship out in a, in a few days. So we're really preparing to test uh, their fortitude, I think, coming up here as we prepare our site to be more like it once was. And this was something I planned on talking about today anyways. Um, but okay. if you want, I can kind of dive into what I mean there. And that's um, in, the, in the past. And, you know, we historically relied partially on a drop shipping model. So for anybody out there who's listening who doesn't know what that is, it's really just a, we're basically middleman order um, between the customer and the vendor to have the vendor ship the product directly to the consumer. Um, Budget Golf relied on that in our earlier days because you know we had a smaller warehouse, we had uh, just less people in general, we had less technology available to facilitate a ton of orders for every different variable of a product. So for us, it made a lot more business sense to say, take that like eight degree extra stiff, 75 gram shaft driver. I don't want to stock that. It's taking up space and it's taking up money and I might not sell it, but I want to make that available to people. So I'd still show it on the site and it would be one of those products that would drop ship directly to the vendor. Okay. Um, so we went away from that. Um, more because you know in 2020 vendors didn't even couldn't even do it they couldn't do it at all they didn't have the product and they couldn't do it um and now we're about to kind of put those things back in play for different reasons but more to offer a full catalog of every possible product variable to a customer and say i sell out of that eight degree extra stiff i want to still offer it while i'm waiting for a new one to come into the building so we're, as I was trying to say, uh, to cycle all the way back, we are about to put that to the test with the vendors, I think, in a way we haven't done in quite a while. So is it is it more so that the idea has been floating, you just haven't had the inventory, the potential to do it from an industry perspective? Is that what's holding you back so far? Can you say the question again, Dan? I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Um, my question was, is is it... With the way that things had been over the last couple of years, was the accessibility to product uh, creating a deeper challenge to actually be able to unleash something like this? That Was it holding you back a little bit, the availability of product? And, and is this finally at the point where it's like, okay, we really can move forward with that? Yeah, I think it was two. It was two parts. One, certainly it was availability and kind of the unknown with the vendors, but it was also um, customer managing customer expectations. We knew that there were probably some vendors, some types of products that we could continue that we could go forward with this method. Um, but because it wasn't lateral and it wasn't consistent 
And we just weren't, we weren't able to trust anything that anybody was saying at that point. It was more from, for the customer satisfaction end of things to say, if I can't under promise and over deliver in these situations, I don't want to do it. Right. I don't want to lose customers in the name of a few extra sales in the long haul. So for us, um, and I don't know how other retailers handled this, but for us, it was, let's really wait this out till we can see across the industry that things are back on track from that inventory perspective. I remember hearing stories uh, when the boom really picked up a couple years ago, people were losing their minds about looking at these typical companies with their their turnaround times on custom orders it's like we expect to get products to in our customers hands within x amount of time and of course when you have a massive surge of of orders and your availability to product is reduced of course that number is going to change and i remember how genuinely upset people were and, and you talk on thp all the time and and you're a member over there so you see some of the conversations but you know, we happen to have a fairly passionate group of golfers over there who are very inclined to be um, not homers because that's really aggressive, but they, they really prefer to favor certain companies that, that they feel sure. like they get strong engagement with. And I'm wondering, you know, that that undersell or that, that oversell of timing, it was a really unfortunate thing, but it's great to hear that there is an opportunity for at least folks like you to get back on track with that and um you know w- w- whether the shippers do what they do which has been tragic for the last year or so obviously out of your hands but you know every order yes. i've had yes. uh, from budget has been awesome so from a timing perspective okay that's a little bit of luck there for you but that's great <laughs> well i'm just down the highway so it can't be too bad yeah that's true that's true yeah um <laughs> I feel like people were willing to wait during some of those challenging times, but also it, it started to shift a little bit of loyalty mode. And it was, hey, who, which companies can overcome the adversity right now, um, have the things I want available, have the best price, have the fastest shipping, and get it done right for me in spite of all of the challenges, right? So we were able to you were able to lean on, and I hate I hate for this to all be about like COVID era golf stuff, but it is like really important to this like kind of narrative, right? Yeah. Um, but people, jeez, uh, um, forgot where I was going. Um, they they started to be loyal to companies that were not leaning on. Well, hey, uh, it's really challenging out there, so it, it's going to be twelve weeks. Or oh, I'm sorry, we'll get to you as soon as we can. Um, people started to find loyalty with brands who could support their needs in spite of all of that. So again, did we do that? Did we try to do that? Yes. We tried to do it in some areas. You weren't going to, you weren't going to do it in every spot, but you know, to go back to the last thing I said, like I, we didn't want to make any mistakes during that time that would lose customers for us. Right. And so that was why we were patient with waiting for some of these things to come back. If you're relying on someone else, you need to really trust them. If it was in our hands, we knew we were gonna we were gonna get it done, right? If I had that thing in, in my building, I was still shipping it the same day. So nothing changed for us. It was all of those outside factors that we couldn't control that we were trying to be wary of. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. 
But when it comes to release season then, and, and there's no doubt that we've seen different companies take, uh, just from a driver perspective, thinking back to the last, let's see, three or four months, there have been different release times for different drivers. And, and, and I remember, honestly, the last few cycles, I've seen what we thought would be a certain time for a product, then suddenly it jumps a little bit because someone else jumped mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think that's how we ended up from that, uh, you know, February to more like a November storyline. Um, yeah. What is that like for you? Is, is it interesting to sit back in the office and watch units sold after, uh, I'm going to make this a little bit more complex as well. After the, the I, I guess the uh, Hawaiian swing and a little bit of the California swing, you see some, some guys, John Rahm maybe win like, every single tournament he's ever entered this year <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and suddenly yeah. like and then and then suddenly you see a company jump ahead like is it really fun to sit back and watch the outside elements play a role as well as the early um sort of feedback that companies are getting on their new product yeah yeah uh, that's so it, i'm gonna give you a two-part answer there yeah it's so, fair because it was like first, a seven-part yeah, question so <laughs> that's cool that's cool good great question um yeah so the 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 way the cycles are now me personally i'd i'd almost rather see it all happen at once but i understand why some of these manufacturers choose to do it staggered or you know we know of a couple that do it in the fall pretty exclusively right um and that's great and i think they own the buzz of that season but i do like for me i do enjoy to see the competition of it right to kind of see who wins um that's what i get to see on my end and it's one of those questions that people always ask me like oh who are you selling the most of or who who's yeah. got the best driver this year and like i hesitate to ever answer it because one, it's kind of subjective. Maybe I sold the most of a certain driver, but the store down the block sold more of a different one, right? Um, that all that data all comes out in the wash later on, and it's usually pretty accessible. Uh, I bet you guys have some of it. But um, for me, I, I, I logistically, it would be easier from a business standpoint for it to all happen at once in a lot of ways. Um, and I just enjoy the the kind of competitive nature of it. But your other question was kind of what are those outside factors? And uh, I won't name any names here, but if you go back what, like six weeks when we were starting to get the information and things were starting to leak, um, I know one of the vendors ended up moving their release back to to a later date to compete with another to compete with another company and kind of see who would come out on top rather than going early, which you would have thought, oh, well, wouldn't it be advantageous for you to go first and maybe get some of that business while those people didn't want to wait? Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, yeah, for whatever reason, they said, no, we're going to actually push our launch back and go toe to toe. So. And that's just one of many things that happen out in that world. There's some that go, hey, we're going we're going first. I don't care what happens. And uh, yeah, it probably doesn't. It, it would probably be great to say, oh, oh man, our guy John Rahm's won every single thing he's played this year. Can we move this up? But at that point, it's probably too late for a company of that magnitude, right? Yeah. As we sit here and talk about Johnny Rahm, the, uh, the Rombo, uh, I saw a stat the other day that said he's averaging in career like 
$4,500 per hole played based on career earnings because he just hit like 40 million total. I'm like, man, what am I doing with my life? Like, how do you, <laughs> you know, not, not that I had ever made it on tour. I might have made it as like, a, you know, a clubhouse attendant somewhere. <laughs> but you got, dude, 4,500. Those hole. ROM Come tips on, to man. the clubhouse attendant are probably nice. Like, pretty decent. Yeah, I heard a story about uh, yeah. <laughs> Tiger getting driven around in an Uber the other day. It was quite solid. So, yeah, that oh, it's, I heard, it's fun. I, I heard that one too. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it's fun to see the the early hype, and and I'm looking back just at the, this recent release, and you had titles that kind of went out on their own, which you know, titles has always, at least from my perspective, operated in their own realm, and I think Ping has done much of the same. Although I think Ping, yeah. I don't even know if Ping knows they have uh, competitors at this point; they just kind of do their own thing. <laughs> but you know, there's a there's a smaller collection of uh, impressive OEMs that, that they're not, really... they're not looking to, to go, uh, heads up. Yeah. Yeah. But the, you have that smaller group. I, I'm thinking like Callaway and TaylorMade and, um, Cobra and even, uh, Srixon is a good example where, where they're really competing from the perspective of golfers who are a little bit in tune and, and they're willing to put that, that product up against each other. I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, do you think that, there's a competitiveness in drivers that is pretty clear and, and everyone's trying to have the best driver out there. It's one of the most discussed things because, you know, driving the ball is very, very exciting. My question to you, at least from a real retailer's perspective is, would you say there's another segment out there that, that shares a, the same level of competitiveness company to company, whether it's irons or wedges or putters or balls uh, that comes close to that driver segment? You know, I, I can't say that I would. If I'm thinking about who's the biggest in the other categories, um, there's not there's not a ton of direct head-to-head battles there, right? Like no offense to either one, but when Titleist drops a new wedge, I think let's say Cleveland is probably their biggest competitor in the big dogs of wedge game. But I don't I don't feel like they're necessarily going toe to toe. Um, if there's one, if there's one place, it's probably putters becomes this free for all for, for my world. Um, I think everybody hits a different segment, right? But they're all trying to accomplish the same thing and that's get your attention. So Scotty Cameron's going to do one thing to get your attention, right? And that's just going to be clean looks and legacy really. That's going to draw people right in. Callaway is always focused on multiple lineups and head shapes and neck styles. And they're going to grab you because they have 40 different putter options, right? But then you see people like you see TaylorMade trying to get into that mix, right? And they're just saying, hey, hold on. Don't forget. Look at us. Uh, Cleveland even has been doing great with putters and at a much friendlier price point, I'd say. And they're doing the same thing. Like, hey, when you're done checking out those three, you may want to just head over here and see if you want to save a hundred dollars. So I, I think some of the other categories are different than driver, but for me, the putter is one that's strangely competitive, but in this, I, I can't even really describe it. Yeah. You, you say that Scott, but I know uh, Scott Fox, the golfer has one putter and it will have one putter so far as I know <laughs> until the day he dies. So you know, I, I want to hear the story about that. And, and I want, I want you to go further on that and explain to me, how is it that you work in 
the position you do and you don't have a, an ever revolving golf bag. That's yeah. It's <laughs> an ever revolving golf bag. Yeah. I, so let's just say, first of all, that I once did have something of an ever revolving, revolving golf bag. Um, but so here, I'll take you, I'll take you back to the putter. Um, and this is when I worked at a very different golf retailer many, many years ago. Um, and I just bought myself an Odyssey Versa one wide and it just looked good to me. And I liked how it felt. And I made a lot of putts throughout the years. And so over time, I stumbled upon a couple extra ones. Um, same, if I saw one that was in great shape, I'd just grab it just to have a backup. Um, and putters have come and come around, right? Things that are similar to that, things that I that I wanted to try. And I, I took them out, you know, secretly behind the scenes. I maybe took them to a putting green. And I got to tell you, nothing else ever felt right. I don't even know if I've ever played a round of golf with a different putter since whatever that was, 2012 or 13, that that original VersaLine came out. Um, but I've tried like everything kind of under the sun when I could or had the opportunity. And honestly, um, I'm not the greatest golfer, but I am a pretty good putter. And I've, I've, I've never stopped making putts. Like I've never had that moment where it's like, oh man, I put it really bad for like a month. I better try something. Like I haven't had that moment. So, you know, rung me when it comes to putter and I, that started to trickle down to the rest of my bag over the last few years. I know uh, the THP members would be disgusted with me probably for saying that I don't change my golf clubs that frequently. I want people to know that it's okay to want stuff. It's okay to want stuff and it's okay to buy more stuff, but sometimes it's also okay to just keep hitting that thing that you hit pretty well. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I heard a story about the, uh, the shaft, uh, that's in one of your clubs is one of the more accessible and long-standing shafts in the market, bright <laughs> yellow one. Uh, yes. there's, there's stories floating around about your bag. Uh, have, have you ever been inclined to play a mixed bag or you, has it really just been what works and that's that? Yeah. It's kind of like I've floated around through all the rest of my clubs and like, Oh, maybe I got a little, a little hookup from a vendor or a kind of a fake F deal for a 10 handicap golfer, you know, and did, tooled around with things like that. And then slowly I'd find a club that worked and it would just be the one. And so I, it's, it's kind of evolved into, I have a mixed bag. I don't seek out any particular brand. I am, I do, I can subscribe to some of the stuff like the membership talks about like, Oh, this brand did a thing for me once that was great. Or I, their way they engage me is great. So like, I'll always ride with them. There are certain brands that I ride with, but because I have so much engagement with the vendors on an everyday basis, uh, I ride for a lot of them. Right. Yeah. So it's hard for me to ever say like, oh, I'm going to have a whole bag of this or a whole bag of this when there's so much great equipment out there that can fit your needs. If you're, if you're seeking out the right thing based on performance. Um, and that's kind of where I land. Okay. You know, I want to tell you, you haven't got off the, uh, off the hook yet with regards to dealing with golfers purchasing from your website. Uh, <laughs> I do have questions. Uh, sure. 
I, I, I know one of the ideas we had had pre-show was talking about crazy customer service stories, but I want to lead in with one of the more simplified questions that I think everyone would assume that golfers of all ages may have. And that is, do you enjoy teaching people how to internet? <laughs> do I enjoy it? I don't necessarily enjoy that aspect of it. Um, as I told the members in uh, the AMA thread yeah. we did, my customers are beautiful creatures and I adore every single one of them. Um, but teaching people how to internet is, uh, it, it is uh, extremely frustrating and usually doesn't end up with the gratification of like, oh my God, thank you so much for helping me internet today. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really end that way. Even though it's a struggle helping people internet, um, and I love the way you worded that question, by the way, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> even though it's a struggle, like I, I know what I signed up for, you know, and you, it, it's changed. I think it's changed in the last, whatever, five or so years as our business has changed. We went from, uh, a very, a pretty small company, right. To, a, a something that's many times larger than it once was. So back when I started doing this, uh, the site was very plain. It ran on a very basic, but wonderful platform that served us well for a long time. And I think it was, it was very simple to use and it fit the, the, the our customer base really well. When you expand your, your business and you change your site to be more capable for the future, that's when those or helping through you introduce your customer base uh into into your site so those things i didn't i didn't ever see that part you know if you go back five six years ago when i was doing this and as the company has grown now you just you're bringing in so many more different types of people to the site that you have to change the way you look at it so do i enjoy it yeah no but am i always down uh, well, you all, there was also a pretty significant change in the presentation over at budget, uh, over the last, I think year or so. And uh, has that improved the overall functionality experience for your users? I think it, it will, um, it's a, it's a usually a kind of a long road with those kind of things, right? So you release, uh, a new platform, a new site, and you're always gonna, you're gonna have problems early it's just how it goes um i would say personally and being involved in this a few times now uh with with different companies it, it takes like a year probably to really settle into it and work out all the bugs because there's so much you can't see at the onset so we're i want to say like nine months into this now and we're definitely we're definitely getting there and getting closer uh, to to a, a really clean and smooth customer experience. We relied on um, the THP members early to get us feedback. And they were, they were I mean, this is a, a shameless plug for the membership, but <laughs> truly amazing at providing like quality feedback, not just saying like, looks good, thumbs up emoji. They were, you know, they were telling, I had people messaging me and walking me through buttons they pressed to get an error to come up. And those kind of things are huge, and that's the that's the stuff we still look for now from our customers. So as challenging as it is, 
there'll be times a customer emails in and says, hey, I had a problem checking out. I need help now. And I say, okay, great. But is there any way you can tell me more? Would you, would you, would it, could I trouble you to tell me a little more or share with me more so I can not only help you, but fix this completely? So you always have to have your eye on that. That'll never end, I don't think. If somebody has a platform out there that uh, stays perfect forever, I'd love to hear about it. But uh, whatever those little codes that are going on running behind the scenes, they definitely break down from time to time. So you constantly have to be mm. managing that. And I don't even think you asked me any sort of that question. No, I mean, it, it was close. Uh, and, and, and I think the idea here is just like gaining a better understanding of the challenges that you face on your side of things <laughs> and uh, without asking the obvious question is everyone wants to hear a great or horrible customer service story. Uh, you know, the, the idea that uh, all golfers are different is quite clear on the course, but you never really get to hear it from a, a retailer side of things. So do you have any sort of good stories or ridiculous stories or anything you want to actually share some, something funny? Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you about a general thing that customers do that I always get a kick out of. And if you're out okay. there and you do this, please stop. Okay. And that is when, when people are angry about something, they type the whole body of an email in all caps <laughs> in the subject line of the message. So you get a, you'll get an email that just says subject. Why are you trying to scam me? I can't believe your site is so crappy, right? And it's all in caps in the subject line, nothing in the body. Um, those ones always just make me laugh every time. So uh, if you're out there and you're doing it, please just subject is for the subject only. Hey, what I, what I do that. on a Friday night, Scott, is my business, okay? <laughs> hey, if I see an email come from you that, I will laugh double hard probably. <laughs> um i've told so maybe i can share one of the one of the tales that uh that i had left in the forum a, a couple of weeks ago um this was back in the, the old days of budget golf uh when things were a little more hard, uh, difficult to control in the world of of logistics um we had a customer send something back once i believe they ordered an iron set so it came back as a return in the iron set box and this is in the early days of when companies were starting, like Amazon were just auto refunding your order once the tracking showed that it had delivered. So this person probably assumed that uh, the older budget golf site had this capability as well. It most certainly did not have that capability. So upon opening up the box, it was just lined. If you could just imagine a line of cans of soup all the way down the iron set box just from top to bottom. So it felt pretty, pretty close to an iron set, but it was definitely just it's a soup. Huh? Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's interesting. I believe that's not legal. <laughs> I, you know, you would think that's not legal and, but a lot of times you have no recourse in this world. So, um, really? yeah. Um, I've, I've had, I've had so many, I can't even tell you how many crazy stories I've had, but I, I will say like a lot of that is gone. Um, I, I not, again, shameless plug, but like, I feel like we've gotten so much better as a company, our customer service team, 
has gotten so much better over the last like three or four years. Um, we managed through the worst of it in like 2020 and 2021. Um, that I think we came out on the other side, just such a better company and team. And I see so much less of that. Like it might be once a month we get somebody coming in and uh, flying off the handle about something. Because for the most part, 99.9% .9 of the time, uh, everything is done up to snuff before they would even have a chance to do anything. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. That's certainly, you know, you hear all the horror stories and you assume they're, they're not quite few and far between. They're quite common. So the idea that it's actually tailed off a bit is excellent. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a crazy story from last week to share with you, but I don't. Uh, well, okay. Let me ask you this then. How, if I did a slideshow for you and the first three slides were uh, different shipping carriers logos, would you be shaking? Would you be smiling or would you hide in the corner and cry? <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, they're trying their best, right? You know, I, it, it's funny because like, if again, if you go back a couple of years, I mean, I spent so many days being angry about an orange and purple company um i think that's what their weird color combination is um so many days being flustered by what they were doing um and recently i've come to find that like if you think about it like if my company had i don't know 19 million orders going through it every day i'm pretty sure we would probably blow it too um so <laughs> I like, like, look, I hope they're making a lot of money and, you know, maybe there's no justification for that, but the sheer volume should probably lead to a few, a few errors on their end. But, but I will say in, in my world, like the customer only sees the one, right? Their wrong package. Mm -hmm. They don't know that, that, Hey man, the other thousand I shipped out yesterday actually all went really well. So it's hard for the, the customer on the other end to like see like, hey, you know what? This is probably like a point like a point one percent chance that this happened. They just know it happened to me, and oh my god, this this uh, I can't I can't believe this. I can't believe they did this to me. When chances are they had a pretty high rate of success overall. So I don't want anybody to think I'm some. Um, FedEx Homer or anything like that, but I but I will say it's probably very very difficult considering the amount of stuff people are buying online these days. Yeah, well, if you if you're talking to the THB community as a whole, and, and I know others listen to the pod, but we've had different discussion points that are circle around how the shipping experience has been, uh, and and I've had quite a bit of success. I mean, certainly not. Um, free of when you go on to check the tracking it says update not available or pending or you know something like that after i think my wife just ordered mm -hmm. something from an hour away mm -hmm. in columbus and it went to new jersey first then back to columbus then to us so <laughs> you know it's it's uh you read a lot of those and it's not it, it seems like it's gotten a lot better over the last year or so which is good but uh at least from my perspective it's been quite positive i was just curious on your side because you know, you deal with that so much more closely than, than I would. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with the group there. It has gotten much, much better uh, in the last like year or so 
here. Uh, the, the company that we work with, which is, is FedEx, um, you know, they've made some additions to their, uh, their process. They do like a, they'll take a photo now of the package at your door, kind of like how Amazon is known to do. They're starting to do some of those things and offer more advanced services and features based on what methods you selected. And then on that same note, we are trying to be more selective about the methods we use and offer as well. So there are ways to save money, right? That people probably don't quite understand. There are ways for us to save money on shipping um, that we roll the dice on a little bit from time to time. We say, hey, this could take longer, but can I save X hundred thousand dollars in shipping costs over the year? Well, okay, well, maybe this is worth the gamble. And then we look for that customer feedback. We look at what kind of information the shipper is giving us about you know, their average delivery times and things like that. And we make our best decision about what to do going forward. So um, there's, there's a lot more to this than uh, just knowing what's the, what's the longest driver on the market. Yeah. A little bit more complex, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I, I have one more question and we'll go into a little quick hitter. Um, yeah. I, I read while you were offering up, you're asking me anything on uh, THP. You said that golf bags are spectacularly popular as a purchase. Mm-hmm. What is the deal with that? Like that is, uh, it's not something you think would be first and foremost. I know. Uh, and I, when I, when I was trying to kind of give a good, thoughtful answer to that question, I dove around and looked into it, and it reminded me that that's been going on since I've been in golf. Um, I'll sh- I'm going to give a couple of shout-outs. Like Callaway golf bags, I don't know what it is about them, but historically, we've sold through, when they have a current model like Org 14 or Chev cart bag, like these things sell so fast when we get them in stock. It is ridiculous. Um, I, I wish I could tell you exactly what it is, but I, I think it's a it's probably a couple things. For us, we carry um, we carry some closeout or like previous generation golf bags. We carry every possible new model that we can, and then we also have some special makeup bags that are exclusive to us. So we have a really good selection that. I'm guessing others probably aren't as attentive to that category as we are. So we're, we're really trying to get a great selection and be mindful of what bags people are buying, what is hot and making sure we constantly have those in stock. And so, you know, I think that's probably part of it. It's, it's, it's okay for me to say we're good at something, right? <laughs> well, I'd say you're good at a lot of things, frankly. Oh, over the I wasn't trying to get years. that from you, but I'll take it. But uh, you know, I, I think we all know that the the relationship here is strong, and uh, it's cost me quite a bit of money loving budget. So, <laughs> hey, we appreciate I'm, you. I'm I'm going to hit you with a couple quick hitters. Are you ready for them? Okay, I am ready. All right, uh, beer or bourbon, and then as a third option or transfusion. <laughs> Uh, beer first, bourbon later. Okay. Transfusion uh, when it's just handed to me. Yeah. <laughs> that happened <laughs> one of those days. Do you yeah. buy into the birdie juice logic? Do you, do you? I, I, no, I'm not a birdie juice guy. Uh, okay. I've made plenty of birdies and plenty of triples with and without booze. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Uh, Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles? Oh, that is a... Whew. You said you wanted it quick. My son is like Sonic fan number one. I'm going to go Sonic, though. I mean, you can't okay. deny the original. Yeah. Well, uh, my son disagrees. He's uh, pretty fond of Knuckles. Uh, we've had long discussions over it. I'm not thrilled, but uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the Sonic train with you. I, I just... <laughs> you're not thrilled with his decision or the amount of conversations you've had to have no i love sonic man i remember playing that for the sega genesis back in the day and you know when my uh my guy's seven now so when he gets into things that i'm familiar with i'm thrilled (laughs) yep mine's six so they probably like almost all of the same things okay cool um what about uh and this needs to be a quick answer you can't you can't dance on it okay uh, pre-owned what's the challenge there pre-owned the challenge is every single person who grades a club has an, a different idea what excellent good and fair is and every customer who purchases one has a different idea of what excellent good and fair is okay how about uh one or two products you're really excited about for 23 <sighs> okay uh I'm kind of pumped for this new TaylorMade Spider GT Max putter. Uh, I I got to see like a demo tutorial. I know, I know. Hold on, I didn't say how are you allowed? It. You have the I, putter. What's going I'm, on? <laughs> I'm not going to buy. It. I think it's just an awesome idea, and I can't believe okay. it hasn't quite been done this way. And I'm really interested to see, like, to get some feedback from people and hear, like, did it work? Did it? Is it really capable of fitting the different kind of arcing? stroke types and matching to those based on just moving the weight so i think that's one um and then another like whole lineup that i just thought like looked great was the mizuno um the new mizuno woods oh yeah uh i don't know what are they called st st something probably i can't even think of the name that's Uh, that's for you guys the, the floating blue uh, floating blue weight or floating weight that's mixed within the blue looks absolutely unbelievable in there that uh it's a presentation yes. unlike any other you know <laughs> yes yes and so i just um i think the line just like looks really good and i think they're starting to make some waves in that in that world like i'm i'm would be really interested to see uh what kind of dent they make this year and if they can get those clubs in enough people's hands to actually turn some people away from the the big dogs. <clears throat> yeah, um, I I didn't want to correct you because I wasn't absolutely sure because I was pretty sure it was just ST as well. But I looked it up and it's ST two thirty two thirty. Yes, the full name. Yeah. Uh, I okay. was losing my mind. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's ST, but I'm not about to correct a guy. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I I gotta pay better attention for sure. But uh, <laughs> sorry to everyone. But no, I'm it's sorry perfect. How many SKUs do you look at every day? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't make any excuses. I think the shout out's worth everything. The blue on there is uh, makes me think of some of their drivers of yesteryear, that beautiful yes. matte blue that were on top. Oh, buddy. That's, yep. yep. That's me. Um, I saw you make a claim that 2013 and 2014 was the golden age of golf fashion. <laughs> um, I have two questions there. And again, they got to be quick hitters. Number okay. one, are we talking about material or presentation? And number two, are you crazy? <laughs> okay. Number one, we're talking about vibes. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We we exited. We we like fully had exited the like sleeves past your elbows, baggy, uh, 
And then that era from like 2008 to 13, that was like all horrible looking bright colors that just like didn't, I don't know what was going on. And we, we moved to something a little more timeless and, and classy while still being fun. So am I crazy? No, you're crazy. Okay, fair enough. Do uh, you feel the same way about Nike in 23? Uh, no. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, however, that was a quick hit, right? Okay. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, I, I think I've I think we've done enough damage. It's been a really fun show having you on. Dude, I really appreciate you taking this the time. Great. I'd love yeah. to do it again with good um, with good internet the whole time. Yeah, shout out to the producer out there, Josh, who's cleaning it up a little bit. Uh, I'm glad we could uh, finish on a high note here. And uh, Scott, we we appreciate this partnership, and I know THPers out there are. Well, maybe not their bank accounts, but their uh, their expectations are always very, very positive and high when it comes to you guys. So I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Thank you to, to everyone in THP land. You, you are all amazing and wonderful people. Cool. Hey, if you guys are golfing this weekend, have a great time. I'm looking at the weather here. I actually played on Sunday and fixed my driver a little bit, so I'm thrilled. But uh, if you're playing this week, have fun. Enjoy it. Make it count. It is February. And we will catch you next week. And oh, when you're done golfing this weekend and you feel like something let you down, go on a budget, go find some good new products. They got great shoes. Alpha cats are on sale right now. They are waterproof, uh, tested by yours truly. Go ahead, uh, go, go buy some at a good price and uh, enjoy dry feet. See you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.